0: All right, let's get this party started. All right, let's get it going. What's going on, right? Not much. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, what do we got on tap tonight? Oof. I don't know. I mean, we can... Uh, I think you wanted to start off with uh, talking about all things Cody Bellinger.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've been watching what he's done over the first month of the season. It's been unbelievable. So I just figured we chat about it because the guy has really had uh, an extraordinary start to the season and I always thought he was a good hitter. I always thought he was a good player, but apparently he's made a couple of adjustments early in the season or at least in the off season, and it's paid off uh, in a big way uh, in April. So obviously, you know, the season's far from over, but you know, 110 at-bats, he's he's hitting 430. 14 home runs, 35 RBIs. I mean, he's leading the league in, in most of the, those offensive categories. So I just figured we could uh, chat a little bit about what, you know, what what he's done differently and what we've observed in him. And he's, From what I hear, he's a great guy, too. I hear he's a really, you know, humble guy, not really a, a blowhard or, or, you know, kind of a me guy. So I, I always kind of thought highly of him, and I'm happy to see that he's doing well.
0: Well, as we as we well know, uh, when it comes to baseball, as as hot as he's starting right now it could quickly quickly turn into a uh 0 for the next seventeen. Yeah. Or, oh, if yeah. or if he's Chris Davis, he could be O for what was it, like seventy something? Ridiculous. That's re- yeah, that yeah. that's just unreal to me. I don't I don't know how you come back from that. That to me is mathematically the most impossible thing in the history of human existence. I don't know.
1: What was he, 0 for 64 or something like 67, that?
0: 67, something ridiculous. Something to the point where I would have probably hung myself.
1: <laughs> I mean, how do, you, how do you not just, like,
0: you know... Retire.
1: Just, you know, broken bat base hit or, you know, seen eye single through the hole. I mean, Ground it's, <laughs> ball with eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for those of you that have not played baseball at a, you know, a, a fairly competitive level to go over your last 64 at bats is it's impossible impossible. you you think it's impossible because it's just i mean you're averaging three to four at bats a game you know maybe you get a game where there's five at bats sprinkled in but yeah you're talking about at the at the big league level you're talking about I mean, if you mix in walks, you're looking at maybe 20 games because you got probably 80 plate appearances where you're getting 65 legit at-bats. You know, walks don't count as at-bats. But that's that's a long time to go without a hit.
0: Yeah, but then you go on the flip side. I mean, I know we were talking about Bellinger on the flip side. He's doing so well for this, you know, I guess probably right around the same amount, if not a little bit longer amount of time. Right, and it's just like I mean you know like I said before as we well know it's it's ebbs and flows man you yeah. be on fire for two weeks I mean look how when we were in college every year you know at FAU I started the season the beginning of the season like clockwork on complete fire and then you know it, it obviously tails off and the law of averages creeps in and right. you know everything works out the way it is but so you know we talk about how hot he is right now but you know just right. probably just seeing the ball well, putting a good swing on it. Eventually, you know that swing. Yeah, the bat's going to be just a little bit lower coming through the <laughs> yeah. zone. The ball's going to just be popped up instead of one that's in the upper deck. So, or he's going to roll over a few instead of hitting right. line drives. So,
1: well, just, I mean that's where you wouldn't be happy. That's where you talk about guys that are you know the the really good hitters in the league are the guys that are able to ride the wave as long as they can and limit. You know, when when they hit the, the the downfall or they hit those funks, they're able to shorten those uh, and condense them down to the, the shortest period of time possible. They, they make adjustments.
0: You know what I think it comes down to is I think they just really don't give a crap. Right. Like, right. they could go over for 4 and they're like, ah, whatever. Right. they go 4 for 4 and go, ah, whatever. I right. mean, yeah, they're happy in the moment, but I think it just goes sure. quickly because I just... I can't see having 600 at bats and living and dying with each one. Well, it's
1: it's an unshakable it's an unshakable um, trust in your swing and and trust in your approach to the point where you understand that you know you could go over your next however.
0: No. Yeah, yeah, you broke up on me a little bit there, but I caught what you were saying.
1: But Yeah, uh, I mean it's just being able to stick with your swing and stick with your approach.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. And that's that's where the mental part of the game comes in, but and then you know, obviously I think the better the better you are for the longer you are, you know, you just uh right. just so much repetition, it's almost like you're becoming a robot, essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the the thing that that nobody really sees is the amount of time those that you know guys put in you know when they, they're not just working on their swing physically but watching tape. I think that that's the one thing that go that's kind of unspoken uh, uh you know not not just baseball but any sport. How much film professional athletes watch of themselves or watch of their opponents there is so much preparation that goes into what you see during a game that nobody really understands or fathoms so when it comes to baseball it's guys watching film of themselves film of the guy that they're facing that particular night whoever the opposing pitcher is scouting reports, knowing what those guys throw in particular counts and understanding what the, you know, what the percentages are and what the odds are of them seeing a certain pitch in a certain count. I mean, it, it really is a lot of work. And, you know, people tend to look at it and say, ah, you know, this, these guys have not made, they're athletes, they're, you know, they're just going out and playing a game every day. But it's work. I mean, at that level, it's work. It, it's a lot of prep time. Uh, you know, they're getting to the ballpark eleven o'clock in the morning for a game that's that you know first pitch is seven twenty at night. They're there all day. It's like going to a job site. It's the same thing. It's just it's a it's a different element. They're they're preparing to play a game versus uh you know a guy that's on a construction
0: site all day. Yeah, well, most people are just gonna say you know, oh you're oh for sixty making you know twelve million a year, Find me a river.
1: <laughs> right, right. But uh, you know w- when you've got the media scrutinizing everything you do. You've got press conferences where you've got to answer the same question, you know, 27 times in a week. It, you know, it, it starts to play on your mind. It's it's a, it's a mind game. And if you're not able to handle that, and a lot of guys aren't able to handle it, you know, you, you're you going to crumble pretty quickly under that pressure. It's it, Those guys that you see at the professional level, at the big league level or the NFL or NBA, those guys are able to perform under an immense amount of pressure day in and day out. And and it
0: does not phase them. Right. Yeah. At all. Which, you know, it's funny because we were talking about this earlier, but when we were playing, we did certain things and I'm sure they do as well. Do you still do them nowadays? Like superstitions? Like I had, I know when I was playing, it was ridiculous. The amount of things that I did, you know, that I felt were, Oh, if I do this, I'm going to get hit versus it it just even outside in life. Although I've noticed since we talked about it, like just in general life, I don't really have any. Do you?
1: Right. No, not really. I mean, I think that most of what I did in terms of a routine revolved around, you know, baseball and what I was trying to do day in and day out on the field and with my prep, you know, with my practice and with my
0: repetition. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, on, I mean, I did it. I went so far as to say, like, in the on deck circle, I had to do the exact same routine. Yeah. And so, if the guy, right. and it was kind of long. So, if the, if the guy ahead of me, which was usually Murphy, if, if, if he swung at the first pitch, I had to hurry up and finish my routine quickly. So, I would, like, do it really right. fast because it was always the same exact thing. And it was even, I, right. I even had one where when I was in the outfield, if we had two outs, I wasn't allowed to spit anymore. <laughs> I just had the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest things, man. It's so funny. Well, but, it, you know, but like you said too, it's it's more uh, some of the things in life are just routine. I don't, I don't, I right. don't think. Oh, if I, you know, if I make a right here and get in that third lane, I'm gonna make the next light. You know, it's just you know, I just right. Have to go to work.
1: <laughs> I don't go. Through. What it really comes down to, I think, is that it's not that the it's not that the routines or the superstitions are gonna guarantee a certain outcome it's just that your your mind becomes you know we're creatures of habit so thing, we right we become accustomed to doing something a certain way and if we if we continue to do that we feel good about our chances or are the odds of being successful when we go into that particular at bat or when we start that particular game so it's not about, you know, oh, if I do this, I'm, I'm increasing my odds of, you know, getting a hit or, or performing in this particular situation. It's just feeling good. You know, it's one of those, if you ever hear the expression, we've heard it, but some people haven't heard it, where you look good, you feel good, you play good. So for us, it was, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. Uh, you know, I'm I'm prepared. I feel good. I'm on the on deck circle. I time the pitcher. I I got my little routine that I go through before I get in the batter's box. And if I do that, and I'm not rushed or I'm not forced to break that habit I, mentally, I feel more prepared. I feel confident that I've done everything I can prior to that at bat to be successful.
0: Right. And that's really what I think it comes down to. Yeah. I have to say I agree for, with you for a change. So when
1: it comes to a guy like Bellinger, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's a superstitious guy, but I can tell you that when it comes to putting in the extra time and putting in the extra work from the little bit that I've read about some of the adjustments he made in the offseason, he put in a tremendous amount of time. I guess part of his issue in, in seasons past is he had a lot of, what he perceived to be excess head movement when the pitch was being thrown. Like his, he would kind of lose his, um, you know, his line of sight would, would change. He would either low, his head would move forward or his head would lower down or drop down when he would, you know, kind of get his, his load or his startup going as he would start to get prepared to, to see the pitch. And he's really worked hard in the off season at quieting that, aspect of his approach down and it seems to have paid big dividends for him so'm I'm, I'm happy for the guy I think he's really I mean I, don't, I obviously you got a long way to go before uh you know October but so far it's it's paid big dividends yeah for him. Well,
0: come talk to me at the end of may'll be about, you know yeah. <laughs> we'll have, have, yeah. well, morning, it was but... if it was if it was you or I and it was may we'd be hitting 240 right.
1: but you know a guy like a guy like that, you know, he's he's starting off hot. Obviously, he's not going to hit 430 for the entire season. I mean, you know, the last guy to hit 400 in a major league season was, you know, 50-something years ago. But he um, he's putting himself in a position to, you know, contend for, you know, if he's not leading, leading the entire league in, in hitting, maybe leading, you know, the NL in hitting because... Yeah, in the law of average is going to play out, but he's going to—he's got a chance roll. to do better than he's done before. Let's
0: slow the roll a little bit, still, still long, <laughs> still a long sprint, still a long marathon left oh, sure, the season. Sure, <laughs> but I think, I think he—I think he's quite yet.
1: No, no, but I think he's—he's he's got the right—he's got an approach that I—I I think puts him in position to be that kind of guy because he's. Well, the other thing that I changed, read,
0: he was, what's changed this year? He's been. It's not like this is a rookie year. He's been in the league for years. So what's changed? All well, the big, the book The big thing,
1: the big thing that they talked about him doing, other than trying to maintain a lot of stability with his with his line of sight and his head, is he's cutting down his swing with two strikes. So if he gets in a two strike situation, he's not trying. To continue either hitting through the shift, if they're shifting him, or just hitting, you know, swinging for the downs, he's, he's taking something off with two strikes and he's trying to either put the ball in play or just, you know, earn his way on base somehow and not, you know, hit a, hit a ball over the fence or hit a ball in the gap. Even when he's at the mercy of the pitcher and he's got to be more yeah. defensive in a two-strike situation, but
0: but when they get the book, you know, when the book comes out on him again, you know, it's gonna it's gonna reset. They'll get the book on him very soon. It'll all it'll all offset. He's not gonna, you know. Sure. But
1: yeah, they're gonna make adjustments. But you know, some guys it just takes a couple years to get. Be- You know, covered I t- mean, very few guys like that of a Griffey where they could hit literally any ball going after those pitches with less than two
0: or discipline. I, I, again, I wouldn't put him in that category just yet, but I, I, I see where you're getting. Just uh I I just think it's one of those it's early.
1: Yeah.
0: I I don't know what happened there.
1: I don't know. We'll we'll work that out in post production.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. You gotta earn your money somehow. Yeah, well, sure.
1: So anyway, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes with uh, with yeah, Let's, let's
0: make a note to revisit this one at the end of May and see. Yeah, see, yeah, I think yeah. I see where guess, he's at. My guess is he's going to be batting two seventy and <laughs> he'll have, yeah, yeah. 16 homers total.
1: That's what I love about you, you're you're always the optimist.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm always looking out. Always looking out. So next, uh, another topic you wanted to talk about was. Artificial
1: intelligence. <laughs> I love how we go from Cody
0: Bellinger to artificial intelligence. Yeah, like very, really very
1: robotic. The really smooth transition. Yeah.
0: Now I,
1: I was listening to um someone the other day who was talking about you know wh- how far along we've come in terms of artificial intelligence and how close we are to having potentially a creation that is smarter, uh, in a lot of ways than human beings. And, you know, the government has toyed around with this, this technology and how do we create like the, you know, the, the, the perfect soldier, the perfect, uh, human that, you know, it's not really, obviously not a human, but an artificial being that transcends anything that we, have come to know as far as what a you know human's capable of doing. Um, what does that mean to civilization? What does that mean to people? What does that you know? How close are we to really being in that type of a situation can, where can they you make, know you've
0: got? Can they make a know. woman that doesn't say no? It'd be amazing.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I don't think they'll ever. I don't think they'll ever perfect that technology.
1: Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Not in our lifetime. No, at least no, definitely not in our lifetime. Um but you know, it's an interesting thought because we are really I mean, we live in a very tumultuous time, but we live in a in an amazing time when it comes to you know, technology and the advancements that we are that we're making as um you know, as humans. And when you see how close we are to being able to create um, some type of physical entity that potentially is stronger than us, smarter than us, you know faster than I, I mean things that we never really could wrap our heads around twenty or thirty years ago, we're on the brink of that. and it's just it it's a little scary at times because you think, well, what does that mean? to to the to the future of, of our of our race as people you know I don't know <laughs> no. I
0: mean there's still regardless you know when it comes to the computers and and programming and all that stuff there's still the human element of things that could, they can't replicate right so well, you, know, I, you know there's there's definitely going to be differences I mean yeah you could probably have you know Program it to where it, it it acts out the right way in, in all in specific situations, but right once you get the human element involved, you know there's no way you can program every single outcome of every single situation like and then have it figure out which one to go with on in a, in a given situation there's no way right and well but, and that's the that's the fear
1: because the the argument is always well, we can control the variables and we can control what, how they react and what they would do in a specific situation. But like you said, you can't, you know, you, where do you, where do you draw the line? Where does it get to a point where you can no longer control it? And you've created something that has gotten so uh, advanced that has become so advanced and has absorbed so much information and so much data that now it do, does it get to a point where it can it can kind of do things on its own and not really worry about or or even think about, you know, having to be programmed to do something where it just says, you know what, I don't need this creator to tell me what to do or how to do it. I can do it on my own. And oh. that's really, you, you know, what you see in Hollywood movies where, well, you know, just, now uh, these things just, start to take over.
0: I was just about to say, I mean, I, I've already seen this. Already seen this movie when I was a kid. It was called RoboCop. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was the guy exactly. Was Alex Murphy, right? Alex Murphy. Yeah, right. Yeah. He he just that's what he turns into. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. When he's programmed <laughs> yeah. To to do specific things. I mean, obviously that was just to follow the law. But right. You know, and then you know when certain elements of actual human stuff comes into play, you know that does not compute. <laughs> it's just that I, right. I don't know. I don't. It's scary because obviously that's the way things are going is to make things, you know, make things more machine and make things be able to do, you know, make machines be able to do things for us that are, you know, like at my, at my work, we do, you know, Hey, there's some, do you have anything that you do every day that we can just automate? you know, right. and then, yeah, there's, there's tons of things. So we, we went ahead and automate those things. So then you are running, Okay. Well, why does this person even have a job if all these things are getting automated, you know, but so I think you're, it's a slippery slope. You know, we, we talk about, right. you know, economy wise, you talk about not having jobs, enough jobs and all this stuff, but you're going to take them all away doing this stuff. Right. So it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's scary. I don't know.
1: Luckily, well, and then, then you will not
0: have to worry about it in our lifetime I hope
1: well I, I don't know you know it, 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 that's the that's the, this that's the interesting
0: part about it is but see, how far about, away are we really hold on think about someone in your line of work how are I mean yours your business relies solely on relationships yes how is that to yes. be something that a robot can
1: well, no, I I don't know. I agree. I they'll don't. Know. I don't know. The, I mean, they'll know the
0: answers yeah. to the questions that the customers may ask, but they're not going to have build that friendship with them like, that you have to do for your stuff.
1: Yes, I, I don't know that you'll be able to necessarily turn around one day and say, okay, an artificial intelligence of some kind can replace every every possible industry, every pr- possible job. I don't know that, you know, how quickly or how viable of an idea that is, but what, what you have to wonder is whatever capacity they, they try to, you know, implement them to do whatever they're able to actually accomplish, how does that, you know, how quickly does or how rapidly do they advance to the point where you say, okay you know now it's it's becoming a little bit you know too too accelerated and now we've got to try to rein it in and can you rein it in and you know now you get into the whole thing of i mean if you look at scientists and how they're now trying to unlock our molecular biology and can we create a a, a perfect environment where we we are able to reverse aging in human beings. Let's forget our AI for a second. Let's look at just people in general and can we reverse the effects of aging? Can we change the molecular composition of people? And there are scientists that are working on this every single day. Yeah, I know. I've seen
0: things about where they're able to, like, create, like, collagen and stuff. And, like, actual collagen in your body. So, obviously, your faces are never, you know, obviously, women will put that stuff in their face and they'll look like they're, you know, 25, even though they're 85
1: right you know and well and, and they're also looking at ways in which they can unlock certain neural pathways that um help your body to create uh you know chemicals both neurologically and just within the composition of your body that help to reverse the aging process and then you can take it in a whole nother direction and say well what if there? What if we get to a point where we're able to unlock these things and maybe even download our consciousness into a whole other physical being? I mean, it's it's some crazy shit that you, and it's not all that far fetched in terms of just being able to have a logical discussion about the ways in which it would be possible. If you listen to like Neil deGrasse Tyson and some of these other scientists out there, these guys they talk about shit and you're like, I thought that was only possible in a movie in 1985. They're talking about stuff now. Like it's legitimately possible based on, (laughs) uh, you know, things that they have uncovered in laboratories by studying these things in mice and studying these things in, in different animals and, and they're reversing the aging process. It, It, it's pretty extraordinary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't, like, don't like. I don't it. necessarily like it either. I mean, I think it's you know, like you said, it's
1: a slippery slope because how how much do you push the envelope and how hard do you push do really to, to try forever? to? I mean, geez. right, right. <laughs> and do, I, do well, I, well, want well, want well, I don't know that I would want to. I
0: don't. If we look like we're thirty, I mean, it, I mean it,
1: it depends. I mean, if if you tell me that I could go back. Um, and live in my twenties or live in my, you know, my thirties, but have the the mental capacity or have the knowledge and have the the life experiences of somebody that is, you know, forty well, I mean, forty plus years old or fifty plus years. Old, I I would probably do yeah, that. I mean, but let's. The question let's is, do you do it forever? Let's I don't
0: know. I was an Adonis back in my twenties. <laughs> More, I was more like Adrian yeah. Adonis when I was my twin. Adrian <laughs> Adonis, yeah. <laughs> but listen, oh, I, want, I, got, yeah. I got one more topic that I really want to get your uh, your hot take on because I know you're not a fan of Game of Thrones or you've never watched it. So I can't say you're not a fan. You never watched it, but you did happen to watch right. this last week's episode. I did. And I want to know from someone um, who's literally not seen. I don't even know how it's humanly possible. One episode, how someone on this long without seeing an episode. But what did you think? Even though you understood nothing. I um,
1: well, I mean, it, it was probably the best episode that I could ever watch as, for a first episode because it really didn't have any dialogue whatsoever. So it's not <laughs> like I had to look. My my wife, my wife has started to watch it. Uh, in, in in this re in this latest season, you know she's she's going to go back probably and catch yes. up. But all of a sudden now she started watching in the season eight. I, this do. is season eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, don't ask me what the rhyme or reason is to that, but she started watching. So I happen to be in the room, and she's she has the Battle of Winterfell episode on. So it was probably the best thing I ever could have done is to watch this episode because there wasn't a whole lot that would, have re- that really re- you know required me to ask her questions like, Oh, who's this character or what's That's this guy? Reason. You know, what does he mean by that? It was just all, it was all battling and fighting and war. So it was from a, from an entertainment standpoint, it was pretty cool because it was just a lot of, you know, fighting, you know, action scenes and, you know, Good versus evil, and the whole—you know—there were dragons and all sorts of stuff. So it was—it was really, really entertaining. Although I noticed it, it seemed a, very dark. I don't know if you—if you felt the same way when you watched it. I, I was judging from people on social media. There were a lot of a lot of people that felt like it was really dark in terms yeah. of how it was filmed. Yeah, that was, was something.
0: Apparently that was what they wanted. I mean, they filmed it all at night. They said it took yeah. like fifty-five days or something crazy because they wanted yeah. it to be like yeah. you weren't supposed to know. As the good guys, you weren't supposed to know who was, you know, who was good and who was bad. It was just basically a fight for your life because you can't see anything. You're just right. basically swinging and hoping you hit somebody that that you're going to kill. But
1: well, yeah, they, was, they definitely accomplished there was definitely that.
0: Some, some scenes that I was a little like. Wow, what's what's going on here? I don't understand, but I thought overall right. it was fantastic. Right. I mean the ending was just didn't I didn't see that coming with I know you don't know who it is, but with Arya taking out the Night King. I hope oh we didn't preface this by saying spoiler alert.
1: Yeah, spoiler was, alert. But, I mean, but you know, it's been it's, it's been, been almost a week
0: that, now. Yeah. If, you didn't, if you didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, been almost a week now. But yeah, when, yeah. She, came out, I mean, I when mean, she came out and got the night yeah. king, that was uh that was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. And I figured out, I mean,
1: I know who you're talking about now, and I, I knew the Night King just because he's always, you know, he was like the central, uh, you know, I guess, antagonist. He was the bad guy that, you know, kind of was in charge of the, what are the White Walkers? Yeah. Is that what they yeah. call them? The White
0: Walkers and the Whites. But, yeah, he wasn't, he's not really the central bad guy. I mean, he kind of is right now, but it's really just been a battle for who's going to win the throne, but then they were kind of a side... Right a side piece that was going on that was developing that really came to a head. I think it was last season or might've been the season before it came to a head that they were really coming and, and making their way towards, you know, through towards the wall and everything. So.
1: So now my question is, uh, assuming he really is, you know, dead and gone and there's no chance of him coming back toast. Who, who do you, (laughs) Who, who? What? Where does the where does the conflict lie now? Because well, I obviously show it never in, the, seen. in this
0: episode, but there's a there's a queen who's Cersei. She's she lives in uh, King's Landing. She was supposed to send some yeah. of her army there because it's basically the people that fought the dead the dead people. It's that whole people of Winterfell. Right. Those all those armies joined together to fight the White Walkers. And the Night King, so okay. Cersei was supposed to send her army to help. So it was basically the living against the dead. Turns out Cersei didn't send you. her army. She was just like, "Screw you guys! I'll, I'll I'll fight whoever whoever wins. I'll take out the rest so I can right. remain queen." And uh, so that's okay. what's going to happen now. Is the last? I think there's what three episodes left. They're all going to be uh, mm-hmm. them going to King's Landing to take out Cersei. So with whatever's left, which I can't imagine how much is left because look like. Look like a bunch of them. even yeah even the right. Look like the dog got taken. out. I didn't see him. I could be wrong. I didn't see him, and then anything after that, that initial charge when those Dothraki guys with the lighted up swords when they got taken out. Yeah, I mean, the dog charged with them. I didn't see. I didn't see the dog come back. That's Jon Snow's dog.
1: I just remember the guy. the The one thing that stood out to me was the guy in the uh, in the wheelchair that just kind of looked like he was sitting there just hanging out. <laughs> Him They're just kind of chilling. He's like, yeah, yeah. you know, you some, people dying, mayhem all around me. I'm just kind well, of he, hanging out. Yeah,
0: that's Bran. Bran Stark. Bran Stark. He's uh, <laughs> he was pushed out of the window in the very first episode when he was a little <laughs> kid, and I uh, got paralyzed. He, but uh, he's he's <laughs> he's an important part of it because he can he can kind of see the future and see the past. Not the future, you can see the past. He can go into other people's bodies and kind of. It's called warging. He can go into their bodies and see what things that have happened. So, he actually he okay. went back and found a very important piece of information about his brother, or so he thought it was his brother. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of the central thing of of uh, the first two episodes before this fight, because the guy the two riding the dragon, Jon Snow and Daenerys, they're like they're like yeah. lovers, and come to find out that they're actually <laughs> Uh, aunt and nephew. <laughs> She's the aunt. and He's the nephew. Yeah, really? found out that her brother had a had a baby with his with his mom. So, ah. so yeah. Kind of
1: your, uh, so your everyday occurrence. That's what
0: they are.
1: American family. Yeah, yeah, Your typical uh, apple pie and uh, Fourth of July type of weekend. So worst match, worst worst,
0: worst situation imaginable. Worst situation imaginable.
1: All you had to say. Worst situation imaginable. Worst environment (laughs) imaginable. That's all you had to say. What did he say? Armageddon is like two hundred and seventy degrees in the in the in the the sun. Negative three hundred degrees in in the shadow. So yeah. Worst environment imaginable, okay. That's all you had to 30%. say. Worst environment imaginable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean,
0: I, I'll, I guess now Sorry that I've you, watched I would, I would not, one episode. I would not watch any more this season. I would start from the beginning. Really? I would start from the beginning. Because really? you don't know anything that's happening. Yeah, you're right. There was not really that much dialogue. There was no things that are going to make you say, oh, I I, I wish I would have known what happened previously. You don't know why they're fighting. You don't have to know why they're fighting. I would start from the yeah. beginning, and I tell everybody who hasn't seen it, other than saying, how are you still alive? But <laughs> give it give it two or maybe three episodes. If you're not completely hooked, then mm-hmm. you probably don't have a pulse, but I would quit. I would not watch <laughs> it. If you can get through three and not be like, I have to keep going, then you should, I would shut it down. And I would probably, I would my- probably go to the doctor and be like, uh, I, need, I need a shot of something. Check me, check me for a soul because I don't think I have check one me for eights or something because I'm dying. <laughs> have to, but here's the question: I have. It, it, obviously, I haven't
1: seen the first uh, like seven seasons. How many episodes does that entail? I
0: think they're ten. I think oh are so I got to watch 70, yeah, 70, 70 hours. Trust basically. Trust me, it's going You're gonna be like. Oh gosh, that's it? Only seventy? Damn. It's really good. There's so many storylines and the way things tie together and uh oh, and the best the best know. thing about this show is nobody is safe. Literally nobody's safe. Everybody dies.
1: The re the the only thing that makes me hesitate as to my you know the thought that I could get hooked on it. Is when I think back to other shows like Lost, The Sopranos, you know, shows shows that were that go, have gone down in TV history as some of the greatest, uh, you know, shows to ever have been created. I never, like, honestly, you, I, I know for a fa- for a fact you watch Lost. I never watch Lost. Oh, so maybe you never watch Lost.
0: Get with the doctor. You got problems. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I mean I'm I'm a big movie watcher. I just don't think I'm a really big T V mini series weekly show we you know, I, I don't I definitely don't binge watch. But Lost was a long time. Um, ago. Like I'm
0: I would say now if Lost was on I probably would have a hard time watching it.
1: Watching it, it yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, because but well, what was that? 2008? Two thousand eight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, or, or, like, I don't I don't even really know. Things were, you know a different time. The times of yore. Yeah. Life was much, much but I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just am not really good with,
1: you know, sticking with a weekly show and being able to, you know, continually stay invested in it, um, you know, and, and staying locked into what's going on. I, I may I don't know. It could be an ADD thing. Maybe I just have to, you know, I can lock in for two and a half hours in a movie, but I can't do it an hour every week. I yeah, don't know. But I
0: think, I think if you got something you really liked, you, you would, uh, yeah. you would make it happen. But I, cause I'm like you, I don't watch TV very much. I mean, Sunday nights, I'll watch right. that if, occasionally. If I got 10 minutes or something, I'll throw on, you know, I watch you know, I watch Celtics games, but that's going to be over soon. Hopefully not for, not right. for real soon, but, but that's right. That's really about it. I mean, I don't really watch a whole lot. Of well, TV you know what I, you, you know, what I did watch was,
1: and I haven't watched season two yet, but I watched the entire first season of Cobra Kai oh, on YouTube Premium.
0: Fantastic show! I just finished season two. Yeah,
1: I see. I, I haven't seen season two yet, but I will watch it because I managed to get through the first season, and they're only like twenty-five minute yeah, exactly. episodes, so I just kept
0: banging them out.
1: You know, they were short. I think that the hour thing kind of gets me. I just I don't have the attention span.
0: Yeah, and that's true. I mean, it's it's actually very good, and the first season was fantastic. I loved how they did it, and they kind of made made. Yeah. I like how they just made Johnny someone that you liked and you cared. You for him, right? yeah. For you were like, yeah. oh, such a dick, you know. But this like now, really good. the way they the way they kind of turned the tables, and yeah, you obviously still right. like Daniel because he's you know who you liked all those years, but now you're like, oh, this Johnny guy's not so bad. And then, uh, and I don't know,
1: I don't know how much I like Daniel. Like, well, I, Daniel's more, kind of a little, I, I, yeah, I kind of want, I want, kind of want Johnny to kick the yeah, piss out right. of him.
0: And I was happy that Johnny won in the first season. So, right. the second season right. is good. Uh, there is, there's a, there's a few, um, there's a few cameos. Well, one on screen and one off screen, but they're, they're good. Like, you know, there's some Easter eggs of, of people from all the from yeah. all the other movies. Because they say, like, he yeah. was in an interview on another podcast I was listening to, and he said, anybody that was in any of the Karate Kid movies, including the part four one with, uh, what's her name, Hillary Swank. Um, he said even, oh, even yeah. people from that movie are considered part of the Karate Kid world, so they're eligible wow. to be in this. He said, so obviously not the one with Jaden Smith. And uh, what's his no. name? No. But uh, any of the Mr. Miyagi movies, those they're all eligible. Jackie Chan, Chan yeah, all any of the, any yeah, of the ones yeah. with Mr. Miyagi and, and are all eligible to be to be in this. And there's a couple, there's a couple that come out. It's pretty cool.
1: As long as we get something from
0: from Quicksilver. <laughs> uh, I wish they'd bring him back. <laughs>
1: yeah, you like that? huh? <laughs> you like that? Huh? Yeah, I like that. huh? Man, Jesse, I never forget yeah. that he's like. Man can't see. Man can't he, can't see he can't fight. Man can't breathe. He can't fight. <laughs> I call it quicksilver, and Daniel's like, you, "You like that, huh?" <laughs> or when he hit it, he's,
0: he's like, "Ow, ow is not an acceptable ow. Kia." And
1: ow, I <laughs> <laughs> That's gr- I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. people never talk about the third one, but I, I liked
0: Karate Kid Part Three. It's, I thought it was actually. An underrated movie. One and three are my be- are my favorite too. Mike. Mike yeah, Barnes I don't like when they go to Okinawa Mike in the Barnes second a great one. Bad guy.
1: He, Mike Barnes is a really good torments bad guy. He what? Torment the he hell out of him
0: with kata at the end. I mean, really?
1: Gosh. Yeah, you know. Well, it, it's meant to show that you know the purity of the karate will will over will overcome yeah. any. Uh, you know any bullying, shortcutting, shortcut kind of karate, but it was it was still good. I liked it because they created a situation where Daniel was backed into a corner and he really had to fight. you know he the second one it's like ah, oh, he goes to Okinawa. he didn't have to go to Okinawa. he could have stayed in Rosita or wherever he you know in California. He didn't have to go you know jackassing over to fucking wherever the hell Mr. Miyagi came from and then he gets involved in this whole. You know, lifelong feud between uh, Sato and and <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. I mean, it really had nothing to do with Daniel. If you think about it, it was just kind of a, a you know, they created a storyline just to just to create a sequel.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was good. I liked Chosen. He was a good bad guy, but he wasn't. I liked yeah, it was Barnes, all right. I would I would love to see a, yeah. a spinoff of Chosen versus Mike Barnes.
1: Yeah, that would have been a good he one if you somehow. Yeah, like, like he came over from Okinawa and, you know, Mike Barnes was like, fuck you, I'm a better
0: at bad guy, so I'm going to, you know, kick the shit out of you and then I'll kick Daniel but They would have out. to be on neutral turf. You can't go to Okinawa. they have to meet like somewhere in like Spain or something. <laughs> like, a, like Morocco. like a, yeah, like a breakdancing contest and then they see each other and they Just have them, they give yeah. the eye and they go, uh-oh. <laughs>
1: at, the, at the pier, well, he... He certainly. I don't know if Mike Barnes could have broke the six six sheets of uh, of ice like Daniel did, <laughs> you know, and wins his entire college tuition for the next four years.
0: Uh, I wonder if he got paid in yen.
1: He got paid in in whatever their currency yeah. was. They the probably day, you
0: know. probably still there. Okay, now yeah, you,
1: you, <laughs> pay for college yeah. tuition. He gives him the money. <laughs> Meanwhile, Daniel's hands swollen up like a fucking. <laughs> Like he got stung by a bee because he just fucking <laughs> <laughs> broke six sheets of yeah. ice. And yeah, he never did anything remotely close to that in his life, but he just did it on his first yeah. try. That's,
0: that's how Daniel was. He had just had that power. Yeah.
1: Did. That's how Daniel rolled. Yeah. Couldn't keep Allie, though. No. Allie, Allie he, dropped him like a bad he, habit he talks, at the end of He uh, talks
0: about that in this season. talks about Allie. Oh, he yeah, does there's, talk there's about a, that, there's, huh? a, there's an Allie shout-out.
1: Wow. Couldn't get Elizabeth Shue to come back for it though, probably.
0: No, but I think I I do think uh, that she would be. I think she'll be showing up eventually. I really do, because they've mentioned her. That they was... mention her. They bring her name up a couple times when he's he's talking to his daughter, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I had a girlfriend," and he's like, "Allie," you know, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh," and then him and Dan, him and Johnny are talking, and they're talking about the uh, spaghetti incident. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that was a great scene. Like, why would you all of a sudden show up in all white for that date? Yeah. Like, you just come, you know, white shoes, white pants, white shirt, and a bright red jacket. Like, a members-only jacket, but all white. Yep. That's good writing
0: right there. That's good
1: writing. That's 80s Hollywood right there.
0: Good stuff. So... All right, well I'm going to run for the night. Let's uh let's call this one uh let's call this one right now. All right,
1: we're going to make we're going to call this a wrap. Yeah. For episode episode and, uh, 2, I one, guess we'll call this. This
0: one's uh a little bit different cuz we were in two separate places. So uh let's hope Yes, we were. We, we were in, in, in the, the same place. Any difference with the uh audio? It's because we're uh doing it on doing it on yeah. the phone, so
1: yeah, well, you're you just so people understand you're in yes, Dallas. I mean, you're at which, which which what what convention Pam are you Expo at? Expo
0: Dallas. Pam, La- Pam going to so, be here. So I'm going ah, to get there bright and early. Bay- I'm I I'm would too air, if I'm, I were you. Bayo, wearing a red bikini to the show. <laughs> is the hop there? <laughs> no, no. Is he still alive? <laughs> but no, I don't think he's here.
1: You know, he, yeah, he he. Well, he's over in Germany doing a concert oh, okay. probably. <laughs> He was he was huge over there. They loved yeah. him over there.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so, if you uh if you do you know, if you if you listen and you have any feedback, uh please leave us a comment and uh Yep. I we'd appreciate a five star rating, but if you want to be a jerk, leave us less. But just leave us leave us <laughs> something.
1: Listen, I wouldn't I wouldn't really give us a five star rating, so I'm not that's, expecting it. But if we get a few that's that's At this that's point, great. I'll
0: just take a star.
1: At this point I'll take anything. I'll take a yeah. star. <laughs> <laughs> but um we'll we'll try to get another one I know we want to try to get some more content out so maybe uh this weekend. before you head back from yeah before you head back from Dallas we'll try uh out there to you guys but again you know leave us some comments let us know what you think if you want to hear any additional uh topics or things that we can discuss we're going to work in some some different angles some different ideas we're going to try to have some guests uh, Uh, any attention, so uh, we thank you for that. Uh,
0: Say that last morning. Uh, up with that... All right, so then that's a wrap.